Coming up, Chris and I have quarantined for six months to bring you this podcast. Yep. And remember, I'll do anything to make sure I get this bag. Next on Should Should This this Be a a movie? Movie. That sounded very thematic. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I was very, I was very into that one. That was good. <laughs> so, <laughs> did, did it feel extra real? It did. It like did. it's a piece of you. You know what I felt like? I felt like Liam Neeson when he's threatening people <laughs> on the phone. It was great. Like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Is this podcast popular in Albania? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You never know. We might be popping. I'm going to check the stats. <laughs> I'm going to check the stats, man. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing fine. How are you, Chris? I'm pretty well. I'm pretty well, man. I'm ready to get into it. Uh, this is this has been a, um, a good week for like just at vibing at home, mm-hmm. watching the occasional show or whatnot, and getting everything in. So I'm I'm excited to discuss um, the movies that we have up and also the news. So let's break into the news, man. Yeah, let's start there. All right, cool. What are we talking about on the news? What's happening? So the first thing we were going to talk about is the fallout from Will Smith slapping. Chris Rock at the Academy Awards this year. Yes. So uh, it came out that he got banned from Academy events mm-hmm. for 10 years. Yeah. So that means he can't show up to the Oscars or any of the other various Academy events they have. Mm-hmm. Now, he can still be nominated for awards. He can still win awards. Mm-hmm. He just can't go into the events for a decade. All right. And also, I think that to add to that, first of all, everybody's tired of talking to it. Talking about this, yeah, because it's been talked about at nausea. Um, and also, he's he's apparently having some deals kind of like on pause in a sense. I don't think everybody's yeah, I've heard about it. that. Yeah, so like Netflix is like pushing back on certain things, and other studios are pushing back on certain things. And I think it's it's a bit. It's a. I always feel like this is a bit much. One thing I don't really care about was like. Him not being around the, the Academy Awards for 10 years. Yeah. Personally, I think, I'm like, threaten me with a good time. Yeah. That's perfect. I don't have to go to this event. Yeah. Like, this is awesome. And he can, like, he can still be nominated. Yeah. Still get his award. That's cool. Well, and if you're trying to think about consequences to his actions, the one that mm-hmm. makes the most sense. It's like, hey, if they're upset he did something he shouldn't have done at their award show, mm-hmm. they're going to say, you can't come to the award show. Yeah. Seems like a reasonable consequence. I feel like that's super fair. Yeah. I feel like that's super fair. I think the amount of um the I guess the reaction and the, the outrage yeah. is is a little problematic in a sense. And I don't get me wrong, I think what he did was wrong. It was a bad misstep. Absolutely. Mm. When you do that type of shit, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, especially like right in front of everybody. It makes the company look bad, everything. Um, I think that, like, in certain cases, there have been certain other, you know, certain people in the, uh, on Twitter and whatnot, like famous people, contemporaries, yeah. if you will, have been like, he could have killed Chris Rock with that slap. And I was like, really? No. No. And it was like, he should be arrested. He should be, I'm like, yo, listen, listen. I know that he what he did was out of line at best. Yeah. And it was definitely unfortunate. Um, on both ends, I, I I actually feel bad for uh, Chris Rock as well, because I think it's one of the things where he, it you know how like someone's just having a bad day, yeah. And you're the you like you have that one person like I already kind of don't like you, yeah. And you may crack a light joke, 
honestly, if that's a friend, brush it off. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But if it's somebody you like, you might get these hands. And that's what happened. He slapped. He had a lapse in judgment. I get it. Everybody has done something emotional, um, reacted off emotional that they immediately regretted. Everyone has. So I, it's just his world, his, his situation was on the main stage. Yeah. And granted, you know, you can't be fucking up at work because that's yeah. a work function. For sure. Yeah. You can't be like at the job and back slap your coworker. You no, know I mean, saying? it's basically a work convention. Yeah. It's a work convention and you wilding out at the work convention. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, it's like I said, it seems like a pretty appropriate punishment in the sense that, you know, we get why he did it. Yeah. He did he handle the best way? Probably not. Especially no. at the very least, like that was definitely not the time and place. Mm-hmm. You want to confront him, maybe do it, you know, afterwards when you're talking to him one on one or something Absolutely. like that. You know, it's probably a better way to handle it. And so he gets a light punishment to not go to the show where they didn't like the scene he caused. Exactly. And that's kind of like what is you know what? Seems fine. Yeah. I don't want to like and of course, I don't want to get into all the shit because there's yeah. a lot, lot of things that go on with it's a very heavy handed, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, heavy handed situation. But I will say that I'm happy with that. I think yeah. that's that's cool, and I wish him continued success. Yeah. Um, Chris Rock is getting the bag because <laughs> his his sales skyrocketed for his tour. Well, and the funny thing is, I don't know if you saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was last week. He made a comment. At least for now, I don't know mm-hmm. if it'll change. Yeah. He doesn't plan on talking about it all in his stand-up. Absolutely. At least no. not in the near term. So yeah. we'll know. But but the funny thing is, right, when you talk about all these increased like ticket sales and stuff like that, I'm assuming most of his bottom like, oh, I can't wait till Chris Rock trusts this. And Chris Rock's like, no. No. He wrote a whole a whole stand-up <laughs> special. Yeah. I'm not doing in, this. Yeah. No. Why would you? So and anyway. he has to take time to work on on the new material, really. So yeah. I don't think that that would be a good idea to do that. But a lot of people it might set some people up for uh, disappointment because yeah. everybody's going to expect that. And I imagine he's going to crack like maybe one little one or two things, but yeah. he's like, I'm not talking about this until I get paid. Well, and also there's just, let's be real. There's not that much to talk about. It's like, Hey, Chris Rock made, you know, again, mm-hmm. some more jokes at Jada Pinkett Smith's expense. Again. Yeah. And Will Smith got mad and smacked him. And that's kind of what happened. That's like, it. Like, I don't know if there's a ton to talk about no. with that. But. It's been interesting. You hear more from outsiders yeah. about it. Like, Chris Rod's brothers have been wilding out. Yeah, they've about been it. all. <laughs> yeah, so. They've been all over the place. Yeah, and I, I get it, man. You know, his brothers need money. So, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm going to lean into this. So, yep. hey, all, by all, all means. But good for Will Smith. <laughs> good, good for Chris Rock. <laughs> And everybody involved. Oh, yeah. Hope the Academy's happy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't that big a thing. Doesn't have that big a punishment. Yeah. And it's one of those things we'll probably all remember, but I don't know if it'll have lasting consequences. Other yeah. than the only thing is the way they set up the uh, audience yeah. for the Academy Awards this year, right, where they had all the people mm-hmm. rather than in those, like, theater seats. Mm-hmm. They were in those tables. Like, the people in the front were at tables. Yeah. So they had easy access to the stage. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's going to yeah, be a barricade. Y- y- well, yeah. well, I don't know if it's a barricade, <laughs> but, like, the, like, seats that just go straight to the stage? Mm-hmm. No. You know what I want now? Everybody's going to have to, like, walk yeah. around something just, just so it's, like, Hey, we're gonna slow everybody down thirty seconds. Exactly, so we can run up. Yeah, so we, a security guard can yeah. come out. I, as we stated, we stated this offline, but 
I know that next year is probably going to be the whitest Oscars ever. <laughs> like, you're going to get nothing but Wes Anderson films. Um, who else you like? <laughs> well, Scorsese's got a new film coming out. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, and then we're all going to be shocked when Leonardo DiCaprio runs up and slaps somebody. We're all going to be shocked. <laughs> yeah. But will we? You know, so they were like, but no, nah, I think that I'm, I'm interested to see how the next year's Oscar is going to go. I mean, it'll be back to the usual Oscars. It's just, like I said. <laughs> back to grow. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. Oscar's so it. white. <laughs> so, that's what I think. I think it's it's just gonna be whatever. I don't I don't think we're gonna be talking about this like three years down. I, mm, I mean, it'll be one of those things that'll just be notable because it's a it's an odd thing to have happen at a award show. It is, yeah. So it'll be memorable in that sense, but it won't be something like, "Hey, can you believe Will Smith did this?" It, yeah. It's not gonna be it'll anywhere be really- near the top of things with Will Smith. It'll be. He made these movies. He mm-hmm. had this rap career. He was on Fresh Prince. Yeah. You know, he had his very public airing of issues and stuff with his family and marriage. Mm-hmm. And then underneath that, it'll be and yeah, he smacked. He had that. Yeah, he smacked Chris Rock. Like I think it's it's not anything that should define him. Sort of like no. how like it shouldn't define um on the guy who played the Godfather. The. Marlon Brando? Marlon Brando. Yeah, my brain's slipping. Uh, Marlon Brando for sending a Native American person up at the Oscars, you know? Well, I yeah. mean, I mean that one's a whole different thing, because, like... Whole thing. Well, no, because in there, he's, like, trying to do a positive thing. Yeah. And then you had a bunch of kind of racist white people being Not real kinda. mad about it. <laughs> yeah, well, no, John no. Wayne. No, no, it depends on which one you're talking about. Okay, gotcha. Some are very racist. Yeah. Like, Some are just kind of racist, like, this isn't, this isn't appropriate. And it's mm-hmm. like... Yeah, why is it not appropriate? Yeah, exactly. Say the words. And then you got people like John Wayne, like, let me at him. Yeah. And you got six people, you know. But we ain't yeah, holding them back. About that. Uh, but no. yeah, good old John Wayne. And listen, they can still look at John Wayne as a lonesome cowboy mm. and not a blatant racist. I'm pretty sure Will Smith <laughs> will be fine. Uh, so, yeah. All right. What's All right. So in other news, uh, we have a big retirement coming from none other than Bruce Willis. Uh, famed famed action star and actor who's been doing this thing since like I don't know like seven seventies to really recently. So like so he's been he's been a a mainstay in a lot of action sequences and he's he's actually retiring off of illness. Yeah. Um, what illness? Is, so he has uh, aphasia, yeah. which is kind of like a brain disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, it can have a few different causes, and they haven't said exactly what his are. You know, I mean. Head injury can be one. Stroke can be one. There's, mm-hmm. you know, other versions as well. And so they didn't say, so we don't know why. Yeah. But it can lead to issues with speech, both speaking yourself, mm-hmm. understanding speech. Apparently, it can even end up leading to issues of, like, dementia. Yeah. And that's what was happening with Bruce Willis. Mm. Apparently, that's why he's been in nothing but, you know, eight VOD movies a year for the last three years. Yeah. That where he just comes in and has, like, four lines of dialogue and just kind of stands there. All those expendable movies. Yeah. Basically, it's because, yeah, mm. he was uh, having trouble speaking and remembering lines and yeah. understanding what's going on around him. And that's just yeah. sucks. That's wild, man. That's yeah. wild. I, one thing that I really liked uh, when they made the announcement, they were very sensitive towards it. But also, I liked the fact that Demi Moore and the rest of the family is stay, staying right behind him. And I think that's just cool. They've always, I've always admired the way that they co-parented. Yeah. And how they stayed as a family. I thought that was really good. And I, I hope the best for him in that sense of, you know, just maintaining good health. Yeah. And I don't think this affects his legacy. Uh, he has a strong legacy. No, no, not at yeah. this point. I mean, he's, no. you know, he's 
well past needing to do anything, anything. notable. No, yeah, he's we're we're fine if there's like, you know, he's cemented. I mean, in, he cemented himself yeah. fifteen years ago. At least. Facts, facts. So you know, so and we didn't need any more Die Hard movies. No, the 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 last couple were bit much. Were more than we needed. Yep. Way more, way yeah. more. We didn't need a car driving into a helicopter. No, I don't care what anybody says. But did we? No, we didn't. No, uh, we didn't, Mark. No, <laughs> um, um, the Rock took over that. The okay. Rock took that. So it's cool. The torch has been passed. Gotcha. And it's fine. It's fine. Now, now we have people pulling chains on helicopters. There you go. With their with their bare arms. Or we have a Fast and Furious movie where mm-hmm. we have a plane. Ooh. With a superpower magnet that yeah. catches the car, Ooh. driven by John Cena. I love how believable that is. Yeah, that's great. That is a hundred percent. You yes. know what? Mm-hmm. That's just real life. That is. It's real life when you're living on the edge like that too. Yeah. You you drink ex- enough energy drinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's exactly how the CIA gets out of hot spots all the time. Yeah. You hear about magnet that. cars. Oh man. Uh, speaking of which, I'm gonna pop this one up on you. You you, you know there's another Fast and Furious. Oh yeah. Out. The, the, 10 right that'll be 10 oh god 10 yeah and they they have some people they have um momoa's in this momoa's in momoa. this. gonna be the villain how, how how why did it take this long to get jason momoa in this i don't know i think they were waiting for this uh my guess my question yeah. for you mark um putting you on the spot here okay uh what family member do you think he's related to the rock Ooh, 100 percent, 100 percent. the rock because well, yeah. so, so um the rock's character mm-hmm uh, Luke Hobbs. Yes. Yep. Yep. I know his character's name. Yes, of course you do. Uh, <laughs> you know, so in the movie, he's uh, Samoan. Um, yeah. I can't remember Jason Momoa, um, what Pacific Island his family's from. But, I mean, he is a Pacific Islander yeah, himself. Yeah, he is. He is. And so, I mean, that just makes the most sense. It Although, is. it'd be real funny, all uh, having John Cena be the be uh, Vin Diesel's long-lost brother. Yeah. If he's, like, Jason Statham's, like, cousin. <laughs> Jason Momoa. It's all about family. Yeah. Distant family. It's all about it's all family. family. Also, Brie Larson. Yeah, I just saw that. It. That was new. Yeah. Okay. Hey, why not, man? <laughs> why not, I guess. Hey, look. L- let's be real. What? If these movies uh-huh. are good enough for Helen Mirren. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I mean, nobody's above these movies Listen. once Helen Mirren's involved. All right. So here's my thing. Here's, yeah. Here's my thing on it. You have Helen Mirren, right? Yep. Yes. She might be a little bit, you know, she might be a little bit more seasoned. Yep. Than the rest of the actors. Um, but she's still a badass. Oh, yeah. Still a badass. You know, you got Wonder Woman. Uh, what's her name? Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, right? Still a badass. Kicks ass. Brie Larson doesn't give off that energy. Well, it'll be, I mean, it'll just be interesting to see how they use her. Mm. You know, I mean, there's different ways you can yeah. use her. She can be, I don't know, somebody's, you know, cousin <laughs> or somebody. Secret CIA. Yeah. She's definitely, 100% is going to be holding the pistol. They can do the same thing they did with um, Charlize Theron. And it's like, yeah. hey, you got this great actress mm-hmm. who's also great in action films. Yep. So what we're going to make her is the world's greatest hacker. And she's going to stand behind a computer. You know With what? weird, weird hairstyles. Yeah. Yeah. Man, um, I cannot wait to slightly waste my time and watch this because I'm going yeah. to watch it. Oh, of course. We we have to review this. Yeah. It's just, it's it gets ridiculous every time. I mean, this just, last one, yeah. they took uh, Pontiac Fiero yeah. and went to space. They went to space. They went all In the way out Fiero. to space. And I love how Ludacris or Tyrese explains it. Yeah. You know, so we about to go to space? Yeah. We're, we're using batteries? Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs>
Here for that. Yep. Here for that. I love it, man. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, I'm looking forward to that. I, of course. I'm well, and also because this is, this is the culmination. I forget if this was going to be two movies or the actual final one. Mm. I think it was going to be a two-parter and is going to theoretically conclude yeah. the Fast and the Furious universe, which just means it would do wonder if they just bring everybody back. And plus, yeah. look, in the last movie, spoiler alert to a movie that came out a year ago, everybody, uh-huh. Han's back. Although, you know, it's not spoiler alert. They put it in the trailer. Yeah. So Han, a character they killed off in uh, Furious yeah. 7. Yeah. They brought back from the dead. Brought back. Because yeah. he actually isn't dead. So you know at this point? Yeah. They can bring back anybody. 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 So, yeah. hey, you know what? Good on them. Yeah. Good on them. Bring, bring them all back, except for The Rock. Rock's not coming back, apparently. No, apparently yeah, uh, uh, him, and, him and Vin Diesel yikes. are... Yeah. It's not happening. <laughs> Either that or, I don't know, Rock comes from the wrestling world. This could all be one giant long sell, and he'll show up like as a surprise like Andrew Garfield in the last uh, Spider-Man movie. Yes. That would be hilarious. Yeah. That'd Luke Hobbs just shows up out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. With the tightest shirts. He's wearing like a child's small. Yes. Extra baby oil. <laughs> Extra baby oil. For the fans. Yeah. For the fans. Yeah. All right, man. That's, that's enough for movie news, man. That it was great. <laughs> let's get back to let's get to these movie reviews. There we go. All right. All right. And we are back with our first movie. So this movie that we're reviewing is I feel like this is a Netflix episode. No, this is a Netflix double bill. Yeah, this is a Netflix double bill. The first movie from Netflix comes from none other than Judd Apatow. Um, and the movie is called The Bubble. Yep. The, the Bubble is a, is a comedy, you know, uh, a comedy about pretty much like a meta comedy about a group of actors. Um, they're, they're quarantining themselves to do this action movie, making fun of like, just like this called this beast movie with dinosaurs, like Jurassic Park franchise. It, it very much feels like it's like making fun of Jurassic Park. Yeah, and they they're saying that, and it's all about the hilarity that ensues and dealing with crazy actors and over you know just just weird circumstances and being locked in in the certain space and yep all the the hijinks and it's also joined in by a bunch of cameo stars, uh, cameo appearances from people via Skype. Yes. It seems like via Skype. So everybody seems like, it seems like this movie happened, but like in a very meta type way, <laughs> yeah. everybody's kind of phoning in and calling in to do their scenes. Oh no, it's definitely a yeah. movie about, like you said, group of actors in, in quarantine during mm-hmm. COVID yeah. to film a movie, which is probably exactly what happened. Yeah. And then there's other people coming in, phoning in, and they probably phoned in. Because of COVID. Literally. So, yes. like, the movie was made in what it's about at the same time. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, all right. That, well, yep. There it is. So the cast is, the cast is, of course, at least the main cast is pretty stacked. You have a couple of people like, um, you have Karen Gillan. Um, Karen Gillan, who is, who's been in, of course, you know, your Marvel, Marvel movies, things like that. She's yep. Nebula. Yep. Um, you have, um, Rob Delaney, he's he's pretty good. You have, let me see who else. Um, Michael Keegan, Key, um, Keegan Michael Key, David Duchovny, Fred Armisen. Uh, you have Kate McKinnon who does a great job. I thought she did a great job, um, doing her like as a studio Zoom executive. Thing. Yeah, and she's the most consistent one. Yeah, because a lot of people just pop up and they'll do like 
one little scene, and yep. she's the most consistent one on there. So yeah, we mentioned Fred Armisen or whatnot. You have his his daughter Iris is in there too. Yeah, and I think that's pretty cool. I, I like the fact that he works with his daughters. I mean, he always casts them. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. That they, I mean, his wife's in there too, Leslie Mann. Yeah, Leslie Mann is in there, so that that's really cool. And of course, uh, so yeah, so there's a bunch of them. Uh, what were your initial thoughts about this movie? I thought it was fine. Um, you know, it was an okay comedy. There's some funny moments. There's parts where it drags. I do think, look, it's a Judd Apatow movie, so Mm -hmm. is it going to surprise anybody that it's a little long and feels like you could have shaved off 15 minutes and not lost anything? No. Unfortunately, that's kind of a consistent thing for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a straightforward comedy, and it's slightly over two hours, which is a little Mm -hmm. much for a straightforward comedy. And um, the thing that was interesting about it um, watching the movie that was not quite what I expected mm-hmm. is that there was no real serious part to it. There was no real heart or theme or anything like that. It was just pure silly comedy, which is interesting because usually those movies he doesn't direct. You know, he's most, the closest to this, I guess, would be like the 40-year-old virgin, but that still has like a romantic comedy center. Mm-hmm. You know, most of his movies are like knocked up, this is 40, funny people, King of Staten Island, like like there there's some more serious part around all the comedy, mm-hmm. with all the comedy surrounding it, and this doesn't have that at all. This yeah. is just straight slapstick. Honestly, I have the exact same thoughts. I yeah. was like, there's no balance in it. Like, there's no real good character development. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of silly shit going on the whole time. And I was like, this is, I like yes, there's a story ish. Yeah, you know, there's a story. There are things that are going on. There's conflict. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's just a bunch of just one-off jokes. Yeah. And then, look, that works if they're funny enough. Mm-hmm. If they're funny enough, it's Step Brothers. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Hilarious. There's no development. We don't care at all about the plot. We don't. But, but man, is it good. Yeah, but it's funny the whole way through. Yeah. And this just it doesn't, doesn't quite do that. It, it's very hit or miss and yeah. mostly miss, to be honest with you. It's just a bunch of random-ass jokes that I was like, okay. Yeah. And it does. It goes entirely too long. I felt like it would just, it felt like forever watching it. Yeah. And I was like, I need this to be over. Well, and the other thing that was weird about it, I thought, um, where that was this real, like, beyond just the plot itself being kind of meta, Mm -hmm. but this point where they basically keep asking, is this worth it? Is -hmm. it really worth it to go through all this to make a movie? Mm -hmm. And, And they're talking about the movie they're making, but you also wonder, are they... Talking about this movie, yeah, yeah, and so, I was like, "This is this is us. This is they're talking about us. Yeah, like is this worth? Like, yes, I I'm asking the same question. Yeah, is it worth it? And it was like, I remember at the end, it was like, you know, as long as you stick the landing, as yeah. long as you you have a solid ending. And I was like, no, you didn't get it. No, did not get it. This didn't feel. You know, sometimes you sit through a movie and it's like, all right, but it has a bomb ending. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. You know what? I sat through a lot, but at least this ending's worth it. It did not feel that way. I was upset. The I think the other thing for me that kind of brings it down a bit mm-hmm. is it reminded me a lot in an unfavorable way to Tropic Thunder. Yes. Like, it is just a less funny Tropic Thunder. Way less funny Tropic Thunder. Um, And, the, and it even has the same thing, right? Where at the end, it's like, well, the movie that they set out to make didn't work, but they made a documentary out of a failed movie, which is what happens in Tropic Thunder. Exactly. And so it's like, oh, this is just literally the same plot. Exactly the same plot. And I thought that was very, it wasn't really um, Judd Apatow's most creative venture. 
I uh, thought that it was definitely felt like a copy and paste. Yeah, please deal. Which is which is funny because I haven't been the hugest fan of Judd Apatow's offline <laughs> or online um, presence, especially because he was one of those people who was like unreasonably wilding out about the uh, yeah about the the Oscars or whatnot. But anyway, this movie was definitely it was it it felt like it's funny. It was kind of a boring slapstick. Yeah, in a sense, like it, which is weird to say because mm-hmm. you have all these things going on, and I'm like, okay, yeah, there's just not enough laughs. Yeah, there's not, there's not enough laughs. Um, the cameos were decent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was shocked by some of them, but I was just like, yeah, I just want this to be over at this moment. You know, <laughs> so at the end of the day, I was like, I just need this to be over. Yeah. Oh man. All right, man. Let's call it, man. Should this be a movie? No, I didn't. We not, didn't need this. Not at all. I no. mean. I, I get what they're doing, yeah. but the thing that I think is almost most interesting about this mm-hmm. is, are people going to be like, yeah, man, I didn't need a COVID movie yet. Mm. I, I, I didn't need a movie about, you know, we're all getting swabs up the nose and quarantining for two weeks before we can see anybody, and we have to keep shutting down because somebody tested positive. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and there, there's no metaphor. It is literally COVID-19. Yeah. And so I do wonder if people are going to be like, no, did not want this now. I think you could do that with good material. Like, television yeah. shows are doing it all the time where you're talking about COVID and things like that, all, like, in real time. Mm-hmm. But because it's written well, we're able to digest it a little bit better. Or, yeah. they, or they address it in a different way, right? I think this one didn't even address it in a way that was helpful or or entertaining. No. No. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> like I had this like look on my face. I was like, all right, I guess. Yeah. And it was just it felt like I was sitting at a party with a guy who does a bunch of hag jokes. Well, because I mean, some of it just seemed to like, especially like the COVID jokes, mm-hmm. just felt old. It's like, hey, isn't it annoying getting a swab up the nose to get a test? You're yeah. like, yeah, yeah. We all knew that. We all do a it. year and a half ago. Exactly. So, and we somebody, all made those jokes. Exactly. Somebody bitching about it is really not like, yeah. It it got played out six months afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I wasn't really. Mm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, we can. Um, you can miss this one, everyone. Yeah, it'll be fine. All right. All right. Next, we have another Netflix movie. Yep. Um, and this one stars our good friend, uh, Mart's favorite actor. <laughs> It's Plemons time. Jesse Plemons. This is a Jesse Plemons fan podcast, by the way. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> this one. All right. So when I read about this, uh, when I read uh-huh. about this movie, I was like, this is pandering hard <laughs> to Mark. This is like, first of all, let me let me just run it down, everybody. This movie is like only an hour and 30 minutes long, right? Yeah. Has three, three main characters, one side character. Yep. Right? So it's very like to the point. Doesn't have any a lot of outside sources. No. Nope. Essentially one big scene. Like it's, it's all one set. One set. One location. And it's about like and it it just has a lot of shit go down. Yeah. At one time. But between two. It feels like a theater. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's yeah. This easily could be a play. Exactly. Easily could be a play. And this movie would be called Windfall. Now, let's explain Windfall. Uh, Windfall is a movie that um, of course, stars Jesse Plemons. Uh, you have Jason Siegel and Lily uh, Collins. Yep. 
Yeah, Lily Collins. So uh, all three, all three actors. I think this actually this is a good cast. Yeah, everybody has. I will say this: everybody has great chemistry. Yeah, in this, I thought everybody came off well. The dialogue was strong. Um, the movie is for those listening. The movie is about a, a rich couple. Guy's a millionaire, played by Jesse Plemons. Oh, he's beyond a millionaire. Yeah, he, he's a billionaire. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he's a billionaire. He's like Jeff Which Bezos. Which is key to the story. Yeah, it is key to the story. So he's he's definitely like Jeff Bezos, right? And he, he's going on a little vacation home with him and his girl. And uh, Jason Siegel plays some guy who's very disgruntled, in a sense, and robbing them. And it's not clear what his motive is. Yeah. But he's, he's definitely robbing them, and things go haywire from there. Because it's supposed to be a smooth... In and out. I don't. I don't even think he knew that they were supposed. He wanted them to be there. No. The the yeah. the original um thing was they weren't supposed to be. there. They weren't supposed to be there. He was supposed to be at some convention, mm-hmm. and he and his wife decided to leave. Yep. And come to their vacation home or a vacation home they have. Yeah. And I mean, there's a whole thing about like you weren't even supposed to be here. Yeah. It is. You know. So. Yep. That happens. Good. Um. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that's kind of interesting. So you compared them to. Uh, Jeff Bezos. I think he's really just supposed to be Mark Zuckerberg, mm. and, and and that's supposed to be Mark Zuckerberg and his wife. Because the other thing is, they have recently started this big foundation that his wife runs, which is the exact same thing. That's funny with the characters in this movie. Yeah, um, is yeah. that you know the wife is this woman who runs the large charitable organization. Yeah. that comes from the CEO's business. Whew. This story so, here. This story here, it was it was heavy. I like the fact that I like a story where you have good dialogue. Like there there was a lot of tension, yeah, in there that that wasn't overstated. Uh, I thought that dialogue was good. There was it's definitely a commentary on greed, somewhat, and, yeah, and, and trust. You know, not not, but it didn't beat you over the head with the greed part. It was more so like you expect, you wanted, uh, definitely you wanted the person who's the who's the um, the rich guy to be better. Yeah. But he wasn't a better person. No. You no, know, no. so it was it was one of the things where you have all these complex characters and and all just three of them really. So yeah, one all these complex characters and they're dealing with their their life and their um their viewpoint. And I think there's a big thing about honesty and trust in yeah. and how we deal with each other. So I thought that was really good. What were your thoughts? Well, so the thing I thought was interesting about it is the movie has a bit of a tonal shift. Mm-hmm. So the first 35 minutes, mm-hmm. 40 minutes or so, so not quite half, um, is almost like a black comedy. It is this almost like farce where you have this basically bumbling intruder trying to rob these people yeah. and doesn't really know what he's doing because he wasn't expecting people to be there. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to figure out what to do, and it's kind of messy and they end up arguing. And then there's a whole scene where they actually have a conversation about how much to rob the guy for. And then, like, the CEO <laughs> guy is telling him how much he should actually ask yeah. for and what makes sense based on, like, well, you could ask for this much money, but that's going to be really heavy and hard to carry. So you, because you yeah. have, I have been in a room with a million dollars before. You don't know how heavy it is. Exactly. And there's yeah. the, all these bits about it and stuff. And I, I loved that half. Yeah. That was um, that was cool. Yeah. The the second half is definitely more serious part of the movie. Very much so. And I think that part is a little more hit and miss. Um, mm-hmm. I think so one of the big themes that kind of is running through it is actually about the wife character, right? Yes. Who she worked 
as kind of just some like assistant for some charitable organization. Mm -hmm. Met this guy. They got married. They're now crazy rich. Mm -hmm. She runs this charity. But there's this conflict about like, is are they together? Really? Is it just like an arrangement? Mm. Is like what is going on? And 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 I, and I think there's trying to be this conversation about you know like um, making choices and how do you want to live your life and what's money worth versus your happiness and all this. Mm -hmm. But it's all kind of muddled because they don't quite fill in the backstory of the characters as much they don't they don't dig deep into the backstories you you're left to get like certain clues yeah i think it's definitely a big commentary on gender roles for sure and how um women are viewed in business and in relationships he makes a lot of assumptions yeah and he he makes a lot of um things because of his money he uses his money as his power in their relationship so he kind of in a sense almost like financially abusive Mm -hmm. Um, I would say because he he definitely talks down on her, but not like blatantly talk down on her. Yeah, but it's like it's very subtle, and it's a uh, which I love. He, he um, Jesse Plemons wonderfully played that character. Yeah, in a sense of like subtly talking down on her, and you can feel that tension, right? And also, you know, he has a thing where it's it, there's a lot of guys who do this. Uh, the especially men with power, they have family plan for somebody, and it's like they didn't ask him to do that shit at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's like, oh yeah, when we have kids, and, and it's like, well, how do you how do you know if I want to have kids or not? Yeah, you know, it's just automatically assumed because that's what he wants to do. For sure. So, uh, she, it's definitely a um, film forward movie. <laughs> In that sense, of uh, you get it, throughout the movie, you end up finding out more about her aspirations. Yeah, and the things that she wants to do. So, if any character I think grows, there's a shift in in her character. A bit. I I, I don't yeah. know if it's well. So I don't know if it's say there's a shift. I mm -hmm. don't know. I think it's more a part of her character gets revealed. So mm, like there's yeah. a there's something there's a person who she kind of used to be, mm -hmm. and she kind of feel like she's compromised a bit, and then that person comes out. Yeah, gotcha. And 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 so it, it's more just like being the full version of her mm -hmm. instead of this reserved version. That's part that's you know married to this billionaire. Yeah. Um, the other that. thing that's I think also makes it I think a little more uneven in the second half is so it's very unclear with um Jason Siegel's character, uh his exact motivations. Like mm -hmm. at first, I get why they're vague about it, right? Like because it's kind of like, well, I could be anybody, I could be someone that got laid off from your company, I could be yeah. somebody's brother, somebody's kid, I could be somebody's husband. You know, maybe I know how to use a gun. Maybe I don't. Mm -hmm. Maybe I do have one. Don't I? You know, and, and all these things. And I think there's probably trying to be something there with kind of, hey, this could be any of these people because, you know, so many people get stepped on yeah. by this business. But it's but that lack of clarity almost feels like a lack of a decision. So mm -hmm. when we had our Christopher Nolan episode, the yeah. one complaint I had about the ending, I went on my whole little mini rant about mm -hmm. the ending of Inception. Mm -hmm. And my problem was not because there's... It, it feels like basically Christopher Nolan was like, I don't want to make a decision. So I'll just leave it open-ended. Mm -hmm. And this... It felt a little like that with his character. I agree. I think that you didn't get a clear picture of his motivation. Yeah. And that part is... That part was disappointing. Yeah. It wasn't like disappointing enough for me to not enjoy the movie totally. But it was It was a, like, oh. Y'all could have did a little bit better yeah. than that. I think that it was a little bit 
like as far as all the characters, it ended, but it was like okay, it was she she went it. You know, obviously her revelation was a little bit over the top. Yeah. His revelation was just incomplete. And I yeah. needed that to balance out a little bit more. Yep. You know, I think that it would have been better had they would have fleshed out Jason Siegel's character a good bit. Yeah. Because it just seemed like it was like, well, what are you even doing this for? Yeah. You know, is this a righteous reason? Is this a selfish reason? What is this yeah. for? And you never really get that answer. Well, th- there's a whole part where he says, you know, where um, Jesse Plemons' character is basically like, you know, what do you need this for? And he's like, why do you assume this is for me? Exactly. Like Maybe this is for a bunch of people. And he's like, well, is it? And we never get an answer. If y'all just pay more actors yeah. and just show a couple <laughs> more scenes, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe maybe yeah. his his partner, his wife or whatever yeah. is waiting for, for him or somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe there's a kid that needs something. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't need it to be something like necessarily specific. Yeah. Just need a little bit more of... Filling in Purpose. the the gaps and yeah. the why and all that, and you know what? I, I feel like I'm coming across as very negative because I actually do like this movie. Yeah, it's more that I thought the first 35 minutes was great. Yeah, and then the subsequent like 50 minutes or 55 minutes was good but uneven. Yeah, and and I, and so it's so it's one of those that almost has like the opposite thing, mm-hmm. um, where it starts out great. Mm-hmm. And then is good, where mm-hmm. you always remember a movie better if it's the opposite way. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, but that was uh, and it's okay to like a movie and realize its flaws, but yeah, still appreciate it. I think that was just one of the flaws that it had. Yep. Uh, other than that, solid ass acting. So yeah, the last thing I want to mention though to you, Chris. Go ahead. Yes. So this is something I said beforehand I wanted to surprise you with. Yes. So it's written by a guy, or Mm co-written, by a guy named Andrew Kevin Walker. Okay. Do you know who that is? That sounds like Elmo. No. Who is that? (laughs) That guy, he wrote seven. Oh, shit. He wrote eight millimeter. Fuck. He did the Wolfman movie that had Benicio Del Toro, and now he does this for movie. You know the next movie he's doing? What? A movie called The Killer... That's going to be directed by David Fincher. And somehow in between, he did this. This. Hmm. It does not. It is very much a one of these things is not like. Spoiler alert. That kind of explains that ending. Yeah, (laughs) it does. It's like it was going to go. Okay. But like, nah, we need it to end like this. Yeah. Why? Look at me. Yeah. (laughs) It should end like this. (laughs) Remember. The in the box. Uh Yeah. Was a hat. Yeah. Facts. Facts. He is not a fan of the happy ending. No. <laughs> well, no. you know what? He's consistent. He's consistent. You get the ending you yes. deserve, not the one you want. Exactly. With, with you get the ending Walker. you deserve. And that 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 is what we got from this movie. Yeah. The ending we deserve. <laughs> so it may not have been the one we wanted. Yeah. yeah. Like, what what do they do? Like, that's yeah. the thing. I wanted to know what was the resolve. Yeah. In a lot of it. Like, how do you come out of that and be good? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, good, good all around good show. I do recommend that you all check it out. It's actually a good movie, and it, it it's a conversation starter about relationships, um, and how people deal with each other and secrets kept. Yep. And all those things. A lot of it felt like I saw a lot of it coming. Except for sure. that ending. Did not see that ending. Yeah. Did not see that ending. But I saw a lot of the conflict popping up, which they did a good job at kind of hinting. Yeah. The things that were going to happen. So. But I agree. There's a total tone shift. Like the movie takes a big shift, and at one point it, it just go, goes to a point of no return. 
Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was, but I thought it was good. So yeah, uh, should this be a movie? Oh yeah. Yeah, it should definitely be a movie. Yeah. Um, definitely check it out, everybody. It's a good one. Let us know what you think. And so that's a good one. That's the end of that one. All right. And we are back for the recommendation. Yep. All right, Mark, you first. What's your recommendation? So mine was going to be there was a new, um, well, I guess we'll call it a stand-up special, even though he sits down the whole time, (laughs) uh, by uh, Gerard Carmichael. Yes. Um, Originally, it was on uh, HBO and is now on HBO Max, Mm -hmm. uh, called Rothaniel. Yes. Uh, And it's just great. Um, It's in parts really funny, but in parts really moving and serious. Um, there's this really interesting interaction with the crowd mm-hmm. where it's not heckling, but he's interacting with the crowd intentionally. Yeah. And it's this, you know, smaller, intimate venue. And so it kind of has an interesting thing. The other the other part with it is um, so it has interesting direction. Mm-hmm. So it was directed by Bo Burnham. Yeah. Who's, you know, again, not exactly a stand-up, but I guess a we call him a comedy person. Yeah. He does comedy specials. We'll call it that way. Yeah. And, but does, you know, interesting things with it. It's not just, hey, let's focus a camera on a person and follow them around. And then we go from this camera on the person to this angle. But there's some actual like camera movements and zoom and use of color and things that are actually like directing. It seems like a little more than just basic like, you know, setups and run the camera. Mm hmm. Um, so that's always an interesting thing because they've actually worked together on, uh, Carmichael's last special eight was also directed by Bo Burnham. Oh, cool. Uh, and that one had an interesting thing cause it was filmed basically like in the round. Mm-hmm. So it was him standing in the middle and there's a crowd all the way around him Oh, the, okay. and he's kind of on this elevated platform. Yeah. Um, and it was filmed like not in a like regular venue either. Mm-hmm. Um, it was filmed in like the lobby of like a concert hall, like a, like an orchestra concert hall. And okay. so it's this really like fancy building and he's yeah. just sitting here in his like, you know, untied sneakers and jeans and telling jokes. And it was a very interesting, but yeah. it, but also I think because of the way it's set up and the way it's, you know, everything moves and stuff, it ends mm-hmm. up being interesting. So I would recommend checking that out. I'd recommend checking out all the specials. Okay. If you haven't seen them. Yeah. This is the, I think third one. I need to I need to check out more of it, especially. I did see Rothaniel. I thought it had a lot of heart. Yeah. And you're right. It wasn't like full-on comedy. You you def- definitely had your laughs. Yeah. But it's a little bit of everything. I think I laughed, cried, mm-hmm. and just felt reflective myself. It's it's definitely a really good deep in look um uh, intake on family. Yeah. And how family deals with each other. And I really understand that coming from a complicated family past. Like, um, similar to his, I thought that that was really good for somebody to be so open. Yeah. And allow people to kind of, I liked what you said, with, it wasn't heckling, it was like a call-in in a sense. It was like yeah. a big-ass therapy session where people were asking him questions and he mm-hmm. got a chance to really answer it honestly. And still control the crowd in the sense of keeping on task with everything from the storytelling to jokes. And I thought it was really good. It's one of the best specials I've seen since... Um, Neil Brennan's Three Mics. Oh, okay. that's what it reminded me of. Neil Brennan did this special called Three Mics, and he he used uh, it was it was a bit more organized, um, in the sense of he had one mic for stand up, one mic for one liners, and one mic for like real talk. Like he would talk yeah. about his depression, 
Um, he would talk about his depression, do some one-liners, and do that. And, like, the way he blended all of it was really good. And this felt like that. I thought it was really good. So, oh, yeah, great. I'm going to probably watch it again. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. All right. What do you got, Chris? All right. So I have got television. Um, I've been digging back into Atlanta, uh, starring Donald Glover. And that is, of course, it's on FX, everyone. Uh, this this third season, this is the third season, right? Third season. Third season, yeah. Third season is is different. If you're if you're already a fan, you know it's about um Donald Glover he plays Earn and he has a cousin, Paperboy, um, played by um Brian Tyree Hill. Brian Tyree Henry. Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. And uh and and of course there's Darius, uh Darius in there and Zoe. And uh, so that's it's a great like you know what it feels like it definitely feels like the black Seinfeld and I get it you know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. it's there's a lot sometimes there's a storyline but in this particular season in the past season you have an episode that involves and you stated before it involves one of the characters and then some wild shit happens around them and there's a lot of different story plots right yeah. and it all kind of marries into this into each other with this one um, literally the first episode has none of the characters yeah in it. And at the end, it leads into, like, a fever dream from uh, one of the characters that leads into the second episode, which does have all the characters. And then you have, so you have that, you have them um, all together, and they're, like, in another country on tour. And so then I think the third episode is also the crew. Yeah. And the, and and it's continuation of the antics. And it's still funny, and it's still uh, still smart. And then the fourth episode is something completely different. Yeah, and it has none of the characters. What I like about this, it seems like the writers are having fun. Like they're still telling the story, in a sense, but they're using, I want to say, every other episode or just right now they're two for two. So they're um, two episodes are with the overall narrative that we're all used to, and two of them are just off the wall like comedic Twilight Zone esque episodes. <laughs> Where they just discuss different things going on. So it seems like there's an overall overall arc either or on each each side of the scene. So you know the other two episodes are are connected, but the other two, while while seemingly separate, have some connective tissue in it, which I think is really cool. And I'm excited to continue watching and see what goes on through the season. So if you're all watching and you're looking to get into the third season of Atlanta, please, please do so. It's a great season. It's it's very creative and open minded, and I'm looking forward to more. Well, and, and so you mentioned it's on FX, just mm-hmm. so people know. If you don't have cable, it's also on Hulu. So oh, it's on Hulu. Yeah, you can also watch it there. Um, the other thing, I'm gonna get a little highfalutin for a minute here. Go ahead. The, the thing <laughs> highfalutin. It, go ahead. The Do thing it. it kind of reminds me of is uh-huh. uh, John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath. Mm. Um, for people who remember that from reading it in uh, high school English. Yep. Or if you're weird like me for fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> the thing with that is so. That book, like half the story, half the chapters tell one continuous story, mm-hmm. but then like half the chapters are these short, like two to five page, basically allegories oh. that are dealing with thematic issues that the rest of the main narrative is telling, but through like these side stories that are basically like all these little short stories interspersed with it to kind of move you on with the themes and ideas that the whole broader story is. Yeah. And look- I'm not saying they're inspired by it. I'm sure it's just pure coincidence. No, they're probably inspired by that, man. Uh, I maybe, maybe it's, not. It sounds like it. It's, I mean, I mean it's if, a bit much. if they yeah. told me they were, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But but I'm also guessing like I mean, 
it, it could just be coincidence too. Who mm-hmm. knows? But anyway, but it just reminded me of that in kind of a really interesting way. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I like I like the direction that they're going. I think a lot of people may not exactly be getting it a little bit because mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, wow, do you have a show? I'm like, dude, just enjoy. Well, I I think the one thing that I can sort of understand, mm-hmm. especially with um, comedies, which Atlanta more or less is. Yeah. Um, there's you know, comedic parts. It, it's more than a comedy, mm-hmm. but it is kind of that's kind of the foundation it's built on. Yeah. Now there's a lot more to it than that, but there is. I, I, the, I often think that it's comedic black sci-fi. Sure. It it kind of runs in like it teeters along that sci-fi, and because there's some off the wall shit that happens throughout the whole series. Well, I, I would say it's almost less sci-fi, but more like magical realism. Yeah. Like, like okay, it's this yeah. like alternate world where like there's these kind of weird things that mm-hmm. exist around you. Um, they're not, like, necessarily, like, they're scientific not. investments. It's just the world we know is just slightly off kilter. Yeah. Culturally, just a little bit different. Like, yeah. it's like a timeline alternate, right? Yeah. Like, just a little bit different. Yeah. Just a little off. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's cool. So, yeah, I hope that everybody enjoys all the recommendations and the reviews today. Uh, thank you all for listening again. Remember, you can hit us up on Spotify as well. We look forward to hearing from all you, and we'll catch up with you soon. Later. Later. by On Purpose Recordings. Created and produced by Chris Blunt. Mixed and edited by Joff Gibbs.